Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slash Her, a delusional look into the art of horror and all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Adrian. And I'm Stormy. And welcome, everybody, to, I guess, the first official week of the Films on Shudder Month. So I'm very excited to get into talking about Shudder. Yeah. Yeah. This, this was a choice, so I'm interested to talk about it. Yeah. Oh, so were we not like a fan? Um, I'm impatient, and this is a very much a slow burn. Okay, okay. I see. I watched it twice for this podcast, and so the first time around, I was kind of like, I feel like the scares were hitting like a, like quick. They were fast. Yeah. I was like, there's a lot happening. But when I watched it the second time around, I was like, oh, it feels very slow, which is usually the opposite for me. When I watch something for the first time, I'm usually like, I just want to get through this. I want to see what's happening. And usually the second go around, I like like it a lot more. Things flow better. But I felt like it was the opposite for me with this movie, which is really weird. Yeah, first time I went the fuck to sleep. And the second time I was, I enjoyed it. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just slow. Okay, okay. I definitely understand that. And obviously, everybody, we're going to be discussing The Dark and the Wicked this week, which is streaming exclusively on Shudder. And you know what? I love Shudder. Before we get into like the discussion of the movie and what's been spooking us, if anything, for you, <laughs> uh, Shudder. Like, how do we live our life without Shudder at this point? I have no idea. I'm obsessed with her. I love her. And I am just like, I'm so obsessed that we have a streaming service dedicated to just horror. Yeah. I didn't know that Shudder existed before this podcast. Oh. So that's fun. Um, But now she's a part of, not daily, because I'm just not dedicated to movies as I should be as a podcaster. <laughs> but um, she's definitely in the weekly rotation, for she sure. She is. Yeah, every week I'm on Shudder, for sure. There's times where, like, Netflix, which is crazy... Uh, like will fall off pretty often. Like I am not on Netflix. Well, that's a lie. I've been rewatching like The Good Place and stuff. So it's been kind of in my rotation recently. But before, like rewatching The Good Place, I can't even remember how often I use Netflix. But Shutter at least once a week. I'm watching something on there. I love it, and I, mm, I mean. To each their own. Shutter itself is only like $6 a month. So it's not too expensive. But like, I understand if you don't want to pay for streaming, I get it. But if you're a horror fan, I feel like it's very much worth it. Oh, yeah. There's always, it's a constantly rotating, like, plethora of movies. Um, and there's, it's just such a good, like, mix of kind of like indie movies, B movies. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very uh well-rounded and its selection for sure like it's not like 100% big box movies like there's a ton of stuff that it's original there's a ton of stuff that like you just probably wouldn't come back to unless it's like on a streaming service like this 
Yeah. And also, like, this is not sponsored. Like, we don't have Shutter on Speed I mean, dial. please do. <laughs> We would please love that. But... Send some coins my way. Uh, but yeah, they're not sponsoring us. They don't know who we are. Like I, again, we don't have them on speed dial. I'm not sending emails to an executive at the AMC Network's office. We probably <laughs> should have, but here we are. But like, we're just talking about it because we enjoy it like so thoroughly. And like Stormy said, especially since starting the podcast, like it's become very necessary to have like a shutter up subscription so i'm obsessed with them i love their selection like you said it's not even like just like the mainstream horror blockbusters or things that people like typically would gravitate towards they have stuff from all over the world they have like a huge selection of giallo films and just like i don't know they give us so much and like i'm so grateful for them so again not sponsored but hey head us up what's up we'll tone it down no i'm just i'm sorry i'll just lie to you it's directly to your face um so you know how netflix has the dum dum sound Mm -hmm. so like shutter's version of that sound scares the fuck out of me every time i click on it every time every time i'm watching a movie and we get that loud ass like i don't even know how to describe it yeah i'm like ah not this and i i don't know mm-hmm. it it like freaks you out before you even go into whatever you're watching so like you're always on edge when you like log into shutter <laughs> yeah for it. real well and sometimes like you click on shutter and it starts playing like the trailer for shutter oh it'll do and that it's sometimes too. so loud and there's so much going on but like i'm here for it i don't get annoyed but i'm very scared <laughs> Yeah, and they also have, like, live TV programming, or they're, like, always playing a movie. So when you log in and then, like, immediately something's happening, like, it'll you immediately hear the audio of whatever movie it is that they're streaming live and you know i'm I'm always taken aback like i'll log into shutter and somebody'll be screaming bloody murder somebody's getting their fucking head ripped off and i'm like oh i was just trying to watch dragula but thanks for introducing me to the (laughs) streaming service in the best way possible they're hilarious i love shutter that's why they're well, I was going to lie. I was going to be like, that's why we chose them first. No, Twitter chose for us. <laughs> Twitter didn't. Or, uh, we were probably going to go with Netflix first just because, personally. Because Netflix, I guess, was like, I mean, obviously, it was like the first like major streaming thing. So we're like, let's just talk about that first. But I'm so happy that all of our listeners put us in check. And they were like, no, bitch. You're a fucking horror podcast. Talk about the horror streaming service first, you crusty ass bitches. And here we are. And I'm happy that they forced us into it because our movie selection this week is just mint. And in like cruising around Shutter, I mean, not, I mean, I'm always on Shutter anyways, but like in preparing or in preparing for this episode, I don't know, just going through everything and adding things to my list that I also didn't have on my list before was just it's always such like an experience it really is like the modern day blockbuster to like just scroll through streaming services and like add stuff to your list and i mean you don't have like late charges or late fees but you have to hurry up and watch it before it's taken off the streaming service so there's still some like high intensity to watching these things shutters a bop that's about all yeah I mean, that's pretty much it. It's amazing. And we highly recommend it, especially this month, because every single movie that we're going to be talking about this month is streaming on Shudder. 
So definitely check it out. Again, it's $5.99 a month if you're interested. Um, if you know me, know me, you can just like DM me and I'll let you log in with my shutter. You know me, know me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. those of you who know that you know me know me can reach out to me but other than that it's six dollars a month definitely check it out i think that they offer like a free week subscription it's been forever so i don't know because i was a member of shutter when it first popped up so i don't remember <laughs> i've been repping for the horror girlies for as long as i can remember uh but yeah it's only six dollars a month and they haven't like upped it at all i'm pretty sure it's always been six dollars so you know what shout out to shutter and before we jump into like our main movie discussion have you had the chance of watching anything this week riverdale oh (laughs) yeah we haven't been updated i guess in a minute honestly what's going on i'm on season five episode 16 so i'm almost caught up with like real time like real tv and i'm really sad about it because um as i said earlier i'm impatient (laughs) and i don't want to wait to fucking wait like the whole i don't want to wait for the whole new season to like make it to netflix but also this storyline is getting so ridiculous that like it's so i'm like okay with taking a break at the same time Oh, but I do want to go back real quick. Like, so I love streaming services okay. for sure, mm-hmm. but I miss walking through a blockbuster or Hollywood video is what we had. But <laughs> yeah, no, back in, uh, in my hometown, we had movie gallery. I don't know how many places had Landles. movie gallery. Landles, video world. Remember video <laughs> world? Yeah, girl. Did you ever go to Talico? No, I don't think I ever did. When Talico, you could go through the drive-thru and you could get like popcorn and cigarettes of all things. And lotto tickets. Okay. Um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That place was grungy and they had like their, you know, like the naughty, like part of most video stores. Oh, yes. Uh Uh-huh. They had that, but like it was in the front. Oh, okay. And like it was just like separated by like a curtain. And, like, one time my brother was, like, a baby and, like, ran in there and I had to chase after him. And that was probably, like, one of, like, the top ten most traumatic experiences. That was the first time I saw a double-ended dildo, girl. (laughs) And then, of course, everybody's like, get out of here. And I'm like, "Uh, I'm just trying to wrangle the baby. But, yeah, Talico was wild. I know exactly what you're talking about. I can visualize it. But yeah, I never went in there. Like, I just never felt the need, I guess, to go in there. No. But uh, I'm glad that you told me exactly what it was like, because that's exactly how I imagined it it would be. Uh (laughs) All the movies were, like, old as fuck. There was, like, one wall where they had, like, new releases, and then, like, the rest of the store was, like, 90s and earlier. Interesting. Okay. So very uh, old school. Yeah. I I do miss it though. I miss being able to like walk around because honestly going to the video store was like a moment, you know? Like it would you would spend your time every weekend, there. girl. Every weekend for me. And like it was just everything and I do miss it so much, but I do I at least allow myself to kind of be excited when I'm going through the movie options and streaming and like looking through everything because I'm like this is what we have to it do doesn't feel now. the same not at all i want to pick not. something up 
I want to pick up the sleeve and be like so excited to watch a movie and then be disappointed that there's not a copy left. Like I miss I'm, that. I miss like looking on the back and being like forced to only judge this movie on like whatever one or two pictures that they give you from the movie and be like, oh yeah, that looks interesting. Greatest scares of all time. And you're just like, yes. um, yeah, I loved it. But all of them say that. <laughs> literally all of them was like the scariest movie you'll ever watch don't watch it after midnight and i'm just like whatever girl uh but yeah i miss like being able to just judge movies like with just like the most bare minimum and or with the bare minimum and you never know maybe we'll get back to that point but i completely doubt it so i'll just enjoy streaming i guess while we have it before like we just are able to like fucking zap a movie into our mind and just just have it there and like just move on with life so i'll enjoy what we have for now before like the next crazy thing happens because we'll probably miss streaming in the next 20 years okay so like imagine like the zapping thing happens though like i think of the original scream far too much like i'm literally just gonna be existing and that's all you're gonna see in my brain bubble (laughs) It's they just... pulled the uh, the SD card out of my brain, and it just like a copy of Scream. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's scratched though. That's fine. Oh yeah, like it, it is fucked up. It's grain. Like it's, it's all grainy and grungy. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's what my brain is like. That's what it's made out of. Is just Scream, like twenty four seven. There's that, and then probably like two minutes of Thirteen Ghosts. Oh, okay. Good for you. And then like, I'd say like five minutes of Saw. Okay. My brain probably would be like 50% the original Scream, uh, Mm -hmm. 2% Scream 2. Honestly, I could probably break it down for real, uh, but at least 50% Mm -hmm. is Scream. Like I'm constantly thinking about that movie. Yeah. It's, it's almost like unhealthy at this point. But you know what? Everybody today... This is the day. Scream is out today as you're listening to this. Scream 2022 what? is in theaters. Yes, girl, Friday. On Happy Wednesday? Friday. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, bitch, bitch. it's Wednesday. <laughs> Happy Friday, bitch. So Happy this Scream is... Day. Happy Five Cream. Yes! Somebody scream into my bussy. Please. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bend I'm... it over, baby. <laughs> I'm tweeting that. So if you're here listening to this, you have my, like... You're my draft. You know that I'm going to be tweeting the morning of Scream. Actually, no. It, it came out yesterday because I'm watching it on Thursday. So yesterday, go look at my Twitter because I'm going to say. I'm watching it today. Oh, on Friday. Yes. Today. Okay. We can't do this like talking ahead of the time and it's being like the same day that the episode I'm not smart there. enough to like keep up my with that hurts. timeline, girl. But whatever. Happy Scream Day for our listeners. Happy uh, Five Cream. <laughs> get to the what's been spooking you then. Oh. Uh, for me, for moi. So you've been up with Riverdale. She's crazy. She's wild. Um, I had the opportunity of watching the Resident Evil movie, the new one. Um, I'll be quick and short because we're going to get through this episode today. Uh, Resident Evil was not my favorite. Welcome to Raccoon City. Um, I didn't enjoy it. There was things in it that were really fun and very reminiscent of the video game and it definitely felt like more of a love letter to the fans of the game uh in comparison to the original resident evil movie for sure but like it just it didn't flow for me they were 
definitely cramming the first two Resident Evil games together and like it felt kind of wild and a little discombobulated and a little disjointed and a little messy and I just didn't enjoy it. But you know what? If How's the creature do- design? Um You know what? The sad part is like I, I don't remember. I don't. Um the liquors were very CGI. Um, I the bad part is is like I don't even remember what like the zombies look like. That it's that bad. Like for that's me saying personally. something because like you literally like recently saw this movie and you're just yeah. like I remember nothing about it other than the fact that I didn't like it. I watched it and I forgot about it. So and instantly I, in the recycle bin. Yeah, instantly in the I will probably never watch again unless we're like going to discuss it for this podcast or something like that because it just wasn't it didn't hit that soft spot for me if it works for you great because it definitely is fun and i can definitely understand people just gravitating towards like the fun crazy aspects of it but for me it just didn't flow so i mean hopefully i mean again i'm never gonna like shoot down resident evil movies i love them uh so if we were to get more i would probably still watch them that's how i am i'll watch anything that they give to me but this one really wasn't it it's a bummer. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm uh, down to jump into the Dark and Wicked discussion because there's a lot to discuss with this movie while also maybe not. So let's go ahead and just jump into it. Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, everybody, we are back, and this week we are discussing The Dark and the Wicked, originally released on November 6th, 2020. I was unable to find a budget for the movie, but we do have an opening weekend gross of around $60,000 in the U.S. and Canada. It would then go on to see a worldwide gross of about $463,000 before finding its home on Shudder. The film was directed by Brian Bertino, who also directed The Strangers and helped write the sequel. And he's also pretty hot. So there's (laughs) that, Brian. Congratulations on your face. You are hot. Yeah, congratulations on your face and your body. God Um, plays favorites. He does. Um, and yeah, anyways, a great cast. Uh, Marion Ireland is Louise. Michael Alba Jr. is Michael. Julie Oliver Touchtone is Virginia. Michael Zaxt is David. And Tom Nowicki is Charlie. So as their father's sickness worsens, two siblings return to the childhood home to help their mother out with his care. They quickly learn that there is something evil lurking and it may be too late to stop it. So the dark and the wicked. Okay, let's just start at the beginning then. Did we like this movie? Yes. Okay. Promising, promising start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's, I don't hate a lot of movies. 
True. There's just a lot that I like have no interest in revisiting. Okay. So is this not one that like was a favorite immediately? No, but I do think that I would rewatch it. But mm, I think that's mainly because like I can't decide like what's going on. <laughs> Cuz like is it a real demon or is this just like a manifestation of like grief and like a bunch of symbolism or is there straight up just like a demon like eating everything i kind of like that about the movie i like that we don't get the answer and i like that we could easily like look at it like you said kind of like like a big discussion on grief i guess you could say um and familial trauma yeah with the familial trauma and i mean there's been so many movies in like recent years that kind of focus on like the family trauma and using that as a way to kind of really push like a deep dark narrative like this like we've seen it with um like obviously hereditary the relic does it as well and so like this has kind of been pretty common in horror just in general but at least within recent years in modern horror it's definitely been something that's really kind of been like i guess like the standout like when you think of a really good horror movie sometimes there's always like some type of familial trauma attached to it so i definitely think that they were like really pushing with that here but i'd like that we don't get too much, I guess, with this movie. Because that, at first, was kind of annoying to me when we watched it the first time, and, like, it just kind of ends. Not to just jump to the end, but it just kind of ends. At first, I was kind of like, this is kind of lame. I wanted a little bit more. Maybe I'm, like, a greedy little bottom, and I just want more. I just need more, more, more. Give me something crazy. Give me the mom floating completely above the house with everybody else that this thing killed, and just, like let fucking blood rain from the sky like i was just like i was expecting more and it just kind of ended so it's kind of like eh, the first time i watched this movie but in going through it again i was like i don't mind it you know what it really reminded me of it felt like i was like watching a story straight from like the no sleep subreddit like it just gave me very much those vibes if that makes any sense yeah it made me feel like scary stories to tell in the dark type of vibe it's like it probably could have been like a short a horror short and we could have experienced the same thing that we experienced in a a movie i think the reason it feels like a short is because we don't get a lot of information especially with like the character dynamics between like the family members like it feels like there's some tension there and obviously like the siblings are coming back and like they're not they're not around the parents too often, at least from what we can tell by like the little bit of dialogue they have explaining their relationship, but it's not fully explained. Like we don't really know why there's probably like tension between everybody, but it's there and we don't really get an explanation. So I think that coupled with that we really don't learn what the fuck is happening really makes it kind of have like that short energy vibe because we don't get a lot of information. Right. Um, but I guess, I mean, I don't know. I guess it doesn't completely bother me. I know the movie definitely really operates on, like, trying to throw twists at you. Or at least, like, something shocking as often as they can. Because the movie, I mean, we immediately start with meeting the mother, who's named Virginia. I don't think we, like, really hear her name in the movie. But maybe, like, once or twice, I think. 
Um, but we meet her. Obviously, she's taking care of her sick husband. They're by themselves on this secluded farm in the middle of nowhere. And we obviously see, see like some spooky things happening. A chair is moving and she hears lots of noises. And, you know, it's me every day of the week. Uh, but for her, it's actual <laughs> some kind of evil spirit who's like watching her. So the kids come because their dad's sick. And within the first 20 minutes, like we meet everybody, we see some dynamics. And then the mom decides to, unfortunately, trigger warning, kill herself. But at the same time, we don't know, I guess, or we're led to believe that she maybe didn't really kill herself. But then I don't, I don't know. Again, we don't get... There's no way that she hung herself because the bucket, there's nothing. So like she, you have to stand on something to get up to, up to those rafters to like, in order to set up a noose and then kick it out from under yourself to commit said thing. But, um, there's nothing near her. There's nothing knocked over. There's nothing like, it looks like she levitated and fucking hung herself. So that... Is the confusing part to me. We see throughout the movie too with like this evil entity. Like it, what it does is kind of get inside of people's heads to the point where maybe they feel as though they have no other choice but to off themselves. Right. Uh, and we definitely see that with like every other death that happens in this movie. Like these individuals are being pushed to the uh, to do this because of this evil entity and the things that it's showing them and the way that it's making them feel. So we get uh, you know a, uh, we, we get to see that first with the mom because she is up one night cutting at a cutting board and I swear the first shot we get of it, her just like from behind and it's just her hair, her long hair. And you just hear the cutting going, bitch. I was done. I was like, I know this fucking bitch is going to fucking chop off her fingers. And I was like immediately disgusted. <laughs> so I heard her going and I remember just being like immediately tense and like in pain. My neck was hurting. I was like, this bitch is going to fucking chop off her fingers. And she did but what really sent it over the edge is after she did that she kept going and just kept like chopping at her already chopped fingers and just minces it dude that was a lot i'm not gonna lie um but also what is she making like she's she's cutting carrots but so her son walks by and is like you should get some sleep mom so if it's late enough for us to be sleeping there's no reason for you to be making carrots right now. I don't know. I feel so bad for her in this moment because, again, it doesn't feel like she's really in control, unfortunately. And when she does this, it almost makes me feel like kind of maybe, I mean, I don't even know. I don't know if this thing, like, possesses people because I think it does. Like, it feels like it jumps from person to person. I think it's possessed the whole fucking town at some point. <laughs> I I don't I don't know, but I do feel bad for her. I think it's kind of a great way to kind of throw like a wrench in everything. Because when I went into this movie, I had not seen the trailer. Like I was watching it blind. Because when you go and watch the trailer, it tells you that she, you know, commits 
that's you know she offs herself we see that in the trailer so i'm so happy i didn't watch the trailer because like that was a gag to me when i watched this movie when she ended up you know being found dead the next morning in a very sad shot also like they have a slow zoom out shot of her being hung in the barn and like her children coming michael and louise very long very sad uh very heavy on the despair so uh great job like i mean i was i felt very again gagged by this entire thing um but yeah so it throws us for a loop right away this whole movie feels like heavy and like i don't know if it's because like i recently suffered like the loss of my father that i like feel like that but it just feels like muted and like um I don't know the right word, but like, there's no hope. Like it felt like we were fighting a losing battle as soon as we started. And even with like the mom, when they first show up, like she is almost like upset, like obviously that they even showed up because like, as soon as they show up on the farm, like they're done. So her two kids, because at that point, as soon as they're there and in the presence of this evil, like the evil is going to take them out. Because the evil wants the father. It, that's what we're kind of led to believe here is that this evil entity is trying to possess their father. And I don't know if it's waiting for him to die to do it or if it's just enjoying like torturing his friends and family before it does. But that's pretty much the vibe that we get here. So it is unfortunate. Like you said, like as soon as they're on the farm, they're pretty much by themselves. Every character that they do meet after this is I mean, we can't even we don't even know if they're real people because we see twists and turns constantly that the people that they thought they were speaking to weren't really even there yeah it feels um a lot like oculus mm-hmm. uh is that the name of it mm-hmm. yeah it is it feels a lot like oculus where you're constantly questioning what's reality and what's not and that's what kind of like feeds my like theory that like none of this is actually real and it's all in their heads. It's just a manifestation of like familial trauma (laughs) that comes out once they're isolated on this fucking farm together. I really like, uh, like that theory, I guess. Like I really do enjoy it. Cause you're right. Like again, like once they're out there, it really is just like them interacting with themselves. You know what I'm saying? Um, Mm -hmm. so I do kind of like that theory because it kind of feels like that sometimes, like it, like you said, like it's a manifestation of like what they're most afraid of in this moment. Um, and it's very sad. And also the vibes of this movie are like almost comforting just because it's pretty familiar with the setting. This small ass farm in the middle of fucking Texas feels like everything i've ever known in my life right Uh, so like seeing this farm it felt very reminiscent of like where we grew up stormy's still in that area this could have been filmed in our hometown and it's so fucking shitty because i remember goats and everything (laughs) yes girl but i remember like living in the middle of nowhere like this and like having like nobody around you like when i grew up on a farm girl i got you girl oh my god that reminds me i remember one night and honestly my birth giver well not birth giver i guess but the man my father ah the sperm donor the sperm donor that's a better way of saying it i remember he came home one night and 
Like he was saying that he saw somebody at my bedroom window, like trying to get into my bedroom window when we were sleeping. And when he drove up, and this is when we lived in the middle of nowhere. And so when mm-hmm. he drove up from, I don't know where the fuck he was, but like he had scared that person off. So like I, that honestly was the beginning of like my anxiety. <laughs> And so I I would imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. So like when I was watching this movie, like those are just the vibes I had the entire time where I was like, I don't trust anything. I, I can't, I can't, I can't sleep without the sound of like the freeway anymore. Like it's comforting to me at this point. (laughs) I have to live in a city at all times. He says, um, I don't know. Cause like whenever I moved, I think like the thing that I'm going to miss the most about this fucking desolate ass place is like the sound of trains um because even when i was in michigan i lived right by a train track so like in the middle of nevada i'm not gonna hear any trains and i feel like i might be a little bit sad about it uh depends where you live there's actually a train that does go through vegas uh so i guess it just depends on where you live but if we're looking at where we're trying to get you yeah no trains i don't think you'll miss it trains used to scare me for some reason when i lived there trains are a great like i don't know the right word it's not alliteration but like symbolism i guess for what uh for evil girl are they yeah <laughs> yeah you never heard of long black train by josh, by josh turner, <laughs> josh turner. No, yeah well i love josh turner though that's just not one of the songs i've listened to i'm more of a loretta lynn's lincoln kind of girl I don't know what you just said to me. Loretta Lynn's Lincoln? That's Josh Turner's Oh, song, Loretta right? Lynn. <laughs> what did you think I said? I didn't know what you said, girl. <laughs> but to bring it all back, um, this was filmed in Adrian and I's hometown. Not really, but that's the vibe that it brings. Yeah. So if you want to know like where we came from, this is like legitimately what it is. <laughs> Y'all want to know what we went through? It's this. It's this. It really is this. We were literally on the Texas border, so this... Is really what the vibes were. And like the pit of like goats on fire, like has been something I've experienced. Not because oh like gosh. a demon like came through and like slaughtered all of them, but you know, like coyotes and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that was the one thing I think that really kind of freaked me out is oh, this is a small town in America. How relatable. Yeah. So very yeah. scary, very spooky, if you will. Spooky. <laughs> um, but yeah, so things pretty much after um, the mother, of course, is found dead, um, things pretty much just like hit the fan. We have a great little moment with Louise in the shower where her father walks in on her. And Girl. Again, one of my biggest fears is having somebody just like walk into the shower while I'm in there. <laughs> somebody seeing me wet and naked is my biggest fear. Oh, I never um, want. Like, that's my biggest fear ever is, like, being chased while naked or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's why I stopped sleeping naked. It was like, listen, if somebody breaks in this house, I don't want to have to fight somebody with my tits just <laughs> flying side to side. But also, like, maybe they won't want to fight me if I'm naked. So, like, it's a toss-up. But then I think about, like, the house being on fire, uh-huh. right? And, like, I would still I'm make sure obviously to put on some pants get the- and a shirt before I try to escape this burning <laughs> house. <laughs> I have a child. You only have yourself to think about. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the shower scene, pretty fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah, the shower. Every time I hear a sound, dude, naked and afraid, like a mole. Exactly. Exactly. Not. That. 
I can't yeah. do it. Uh, but the thing with this one is, is like, cause she hears somebody come in, Louise does, and she opens up the curtain, and it's her dad, and like he starts peeing on himself. Yeah, he pisses on the floor. But then it's like not him, because then she looks at him, and his head is full bobblehead or full bobblehead, moving left to right, up to down, side to side. Uh, you know, you it, know what it looks like. What? Sorry, I don't mean to keep cutting you off, but it reminds me of like in Dead by Daylight whenever you're fighting Freddy and like you're <laughs> asleep and your fucking head's all yeah. wobbling around and shit. It was literally that. Perfect. I love it. And she screams for her brother, and then her brother comes in, and the dad's not there. So they're like, "I'm not calling for my brother." Yeah. So awkward. I mean, what else are you gonna do though? He's the only other person in the room. Punch the my house. dad in the face. <laughs> just kidding I, I, I probably also wouldn't know what I would do Because he's also not supposed to be moving So I think that's what was right. really like shocking If anything Oh yeah for sure But like so you know It's it's kind of like the same energy As like making sure to check behind the shower curtain But what the fuck are you going to do When you find something Same energy Every time I look behind the shower curtain Or under my bed We've had this discussion Yeah, like, I'm always like waiting for the day that like it pays off. <laughs> um, and somebody's <laughs> actually there. My paranoia was, you know, God said, okay, this is the reason why you're so fucking scared. Here you go. And like, he actually just throws a fucking serial killer in my life. Cause it's, I don't want it to happen, but I feel like it will with how often I check behind like everything. Right. No, that was like, I had a full on like y'all, <laughs> like y'all are my f- <laughs> I act like y'all are like on FaceTime with me. I'm all, listen, guys. Um, but like when I was visiting Adrian, his partner straight up did that to me. Like I was like he like ran upstairs and was being chaotic, being his usual self. And I go into the room that I was staying in to grab something, and that bitch is in the closet. <laughs> and they have like motion sensor lights all over their fucking house. And he's staying as still as possible. And I walk in and the light turns on. And I was like, this, um, I'm glad I wasn't on my A game. Not that I would have like done any damage to him, but like, you know, fight or flight. (laughs) I want to believe that I would have fought him. Girl, see, that's the thing is like, I always think I'm going to do well. And like all my pent up anger and frustration will come out and save my life, but it won't. I will trip immediately i will fall and i will die so that's why i don't want it to happen please don't send me any serial killers keep them away from me uh because no matter how excited i am with horror movies it's not gonna work but yeah so anyways moving on they do end up finding their mom's diary they discover that she had been keeping her thoughts in it fully expressing her fear for the devil um so they decide to go and pretty much see their mom's dead body and there they're told that she had a whole bunch of like crosses on her when you know they took her body in um so from there we also learn pretty much that the mom and none of them it seems like believing god even which is like yeah, kind of like a the random son's request? kind of an ass about it yeah kind of an asshole about it i mean i also don't practice any type of religion at this point in my life but like don't be an asshole sir right he just grabs the cross and is like she wouldn't be collecting these and i'm like okay but she was so <laughs> <laughs> and she's she's also like writing about the devil like i don't know maybe like take a hint context clues so I'm, I don't pra- actively practice religion either, but like whenever I am in a situation that's like scary, my instant thought is like, dear God, please don't let me die. Yeah. So like, it's probably the same situation where she's just like in feared, 
relating that like feeling towards something that we've been taught since I don't know, probably birth that like mm. anything bad equals devil. So probably the same energy. Yeah. I mean, I definitely understand also, I mean, again, yeah, he was kind of an ass about it, but when really, when you look at religion, it really, it, I mean, a lot of the times, I mean, especially like with Christianity, like it's pretty much fear based a lot of the time. And so if fear mongering, very that. And so the fact that their mom was probably like, so, I mean, I guess what they see is like being lost at the end and being scared of the devil. To them, it's probably like, oh, well, you know, these religious people are coming around and making her act this way. But I mean, obviously, there's some, some there's something going on here. Uh, but so I kind of understand where he kind of comes from there. But like at the same time, you know, like chill out a little bit, sir, because like you're being so aggressive. Uh, but yeah, they find all these crosses. They head back to the house. You know, Louise is still losing it. She sees a spider come out of her dad's mouth at one point and is like full panic mode. She's going through it. But from here, we move on to probably, although so simple in its approach, like one of my favorite moments in the movie with Michael, Louise's brother, when he's sleeping by himself in his room and the light switch turns on and he's like, what the fuck? So he gets up, he goes, he opens the door and looks out into the house, which I would never do, but he does it just to key or just to see, I guess, if anybody's around. And then he closes his door, turns off the light, lays down, and then the light turns on again. And so he gets up this at this point, you know, he knows something is going on. There's some type of shit going down. So he turns off the light again and then he looks out the window and then he sees his mom, his dead mother, just out in the distance floating ever so slightly above the ground looking full crazy before we get like a quick little jump scare with her in the room and it ends uh but i love it i love like light switches and like those kinds of scares i think this is the one that got me the most because i'm pretty sure i've told this story before on the pod but like my daughter had an imaginary friend named kayla that was fucking with her and uh, one night I just woke up and the light was on and I was not going to play any games. And I rolled over and went back to sleep. But whenever I saw this scene, I was like, oh, this is in my head being the narcissist that I am. I'm like, this is exactly what would have happened to me had I gotten up to turn on the fucking light or turn off the light. Very that. That's what you have to do is just like ignore it. <laughs> well, I mean, most like entities feed off of the energy that you give them so if you just ignore them for the most part they're just like boo you whore and <laughs> float away and disappear go fuck somebody else's life up but yeah this shit scares the fuck out of me like when lights and stuff turn on on their own like it is probably one of the most simple things but one of the things that really does like freak me out the most especially with this light switch it was it was so fucking loud like the clicks <laughs> yeah Clicking. she was she had a full ass like studio mic directly under her it was so loud <laughs> it was ridiculous but i loved it it's very simple in its approach i love the mom floating out in the distance um she had like a slight little smirk you can barely see it but you see a little bit of a smirk on her face um and i think i don't know why but that kind of it's probably why I felt like the no sleep vibes or like the creepypasta vibes. Because when people write those stories, they always have like people standing outside and smiling at you. Like a sinister look of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. They had that a few times in this movie where somebody's standing out or standing away or, you know, just smiling all creepy. So it just gave me those vibes. And this is kind of like the first instance of it. But I love this entire scene. Mm hmm. 
chef's kiss. <laughs> and after this is when the random priest shows up to their house. And at this point in my first watch through, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Why the fuck is this priest here? They didn't call him. He's just randomly here. So for me, immediately, I was like, red flag. Who the fuck is this man? And then he comes in. And although Michael was very aggressive towards him, I also understand because, again, he came out of nowhere. He was just randomly here. Like, who told you my mom died? Like, what? Like, who are you? Why right. am I home? Why are you bringing more crosses here? I would beat, <laughs> I would beat you the fuck up. I, I'm going to beat you the fuck up. <laughs> but I guess at that moment, I guess, like, the thing is, is, like, y'all really have no other options. So, like, if this priest is randomly here, at least maybe try to hear him out. But as soon as he was like, your mom was alone and she was just so, just so lonely. I guess, like, you know, the familial trauma came out and they were very, they were immediately triggered and want him to get the fuck out. Um, and he does. He leaves. He looks creepy while leaving. So he's clearly a demon <laughs> from the jump. I mean, he's an old white man, so the scariest thing I could imagine. I don't know. I didn't get that vibe. Like how you said immediate red flag. I was just like, in my head, I was like, oh, like an old white man being nosy and putting his opinions where they weren't asked for. And so like later in the movie, girl, I was shook <laughs> whenever she calls like the actual priest later. Yeah, girl. I've, I don't know. My fucking. I felt very dense. Once that like came out, because I was like, I should have known, but not me. Didn't think about it. The, I'm, I'm very happy that it turned out to be that way, because when he first popped up and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like my what the fuck was that it was too predictable for me. You know, like something's something's happening. The evil spirits are here. I mean, and again, the entire time I was watching this stuff unfold, my thought was like, call a priest, call a fucking priest. <laughs> But when he pops up without them calling, I was like, mm. I was kind of annoyed by it. And it felt a little too obvious. Uh, but I'm happy that they kind of like turned it on its head and he wasn't an actual priest. As far as we know, like I don't, I don't know where this evil entity is like finding these people to possess and like. Craigslist. Craigslist. <laughs> fully on Craigslist trying to find Eve or people who are willing and to backpage. <laughs> uh but yeah so he was looking for lost souls it says is is his tagline craigslist on the dark web (laughs) yeah no shit (laughs) there's a demon section on there he's like (laughs) (laughs) he's like allergic to salt call me (laughs) likes to fucking beat up old women and old men oh my god find me very that very that have religious trauma give me a call do you dance with the devil and <laughs> in the pale moonlight <laughs> oh my God. I, love. I need to never mind no i don't ever want to be on the dark web but i would like if there was a craigslist on the dark web i would kind of be curious i'm sure there is obviously oh yeah i'm sure there is there. there's like seeking fucking but the devil can you imagine the devil just sitting at his little macbook red, like <laughs> his red MacBook, MacBook of course it's an apple product <laughs> And he's doing it in Disneyland. He's in like the <laughs> in Disneyland. In Disneyland. Oh, that's where the devil lives. I'm convinced. He's probably like inside. You know how they say what is it? Club forty seven. Club thirty three. Something like that. Who knows? <laughs> he's def- fully sitting in there in their coffee shop with his MacBook. He's wearing the little hat that has the ears <laughs> on the it. Ears. <laughs> Just chewing on bones. Bones of the children that go missing in the park. Oh my god. 
Um, yeah, but as soon as we meet this father figure, he then immediately turns into, you know, public enemy number one because that night he's at their house knocking on their door again. Pull out a shotgun. Like, I know you guys are in Texas. I know you have guns in your house. Just go and find that little gun that you have and shoot this man because yeah. he's just here randomly, creepy as fuck. He's like staring inside the window and like they open the door and then he's like immediately at the end of the porch at the steps and he's just standing shrouded in darkness, being creepy as fuck. And when they shine the light on him, his face is like smirking obviously but then his eyes are completely white and again you're in texas i know you have a gun i know there's a weapon in here somewhere there's a weapon of mass destruction i'm sure somewhere in this little farmhouse so your mom made shit happen with a dull kitchen knife i believe (laughs) you you can take this old man out your mom minced her fingers with probably the cheapest kitchen knife ever and you're telling me you don't have something? A water gun. Shoot this man with a water gun. With your luck, maybe he'll melt like the witch in Wizard of Oz. Who knows? Do something. But no, they just stand there. And then Michael decides to run out after he like is not there. Because the phone rings. They turn around and look at the phone because that's what you do when there's an evil demon in front of you. And then they turn around and he's gone. And then so Michael proceeds to run outside because that's also what you do when there's an evil demon haunting you. You just run out into an empty field. Um, but yeah, they're like just i mean again things are breaking down so maybe they're just not thinking straight but the sad part is is when louise goes to tear that phone off the wall because it's been ringing at this point there's a few times in the movie before this where it rings and she answers and there's nobody there or she hears like something creepy so she goes and she rips it out of the wall but the sad part is is that their parents friend charlie who we do meet um, a little bit earlier, he doesn't do much. He's just kind of there when they show up to the house. But he's the one calling her, trying to get her on the phone. Because this evil entity, he is also fucking him up. So when they're not answering him, he turns around. The evil entity there is disguised as Luis, of all people. I don't understand why. Um, I think he has feelings for Luis. Do you think? I thought maybe yeah. it was like a father-daughter thing. I get like a pedo oh my gosh well and that would add to like the darkness and the whole fucking like system that i'm building in my head of trauma that leads them to do these things because he would feel guilty for the things that he probably did to her as a child maybe because the ghost or the demon in her body or whatever like says you did this to me right i'm pretty sure she says that to him yeah yeah so he proceeds to just shoot himself in the head suck starts a shotgun so he's dead and which is i don't know what that one makes me the saddest out of all of them it was so i mean dark this movie is so dark like yeah. i mean dark in the way <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's aptly named for sure wow i love it way to go brian you're fucking hot so i'll just agree with everything that you oh my do yeah oh <laughs> at the end of the i movie, hope he's problematic down the line and stop. somebody takes that clip of us 20 20 years from now 10 years from now and Hyping tries to up. cancel us <laughs> they're like this fat mexican adrian on the slash her podcast just <laughs> thirsting over this problematic racist sexist piece of shit and i'll be like they're like 
dick's not racist. (laughs) I would have nothing to say at that point because I would have been like, well. Just quietly delete some. (laughs) This episode will be deleted. Best practice, I suppose. We've um, been there before. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, still hot as fuck. Uh, But yeah, Charlie is gone. Killed himself. He's out of the movie. Um, and at this point, too, I'm pretty sure the next day after this happened is is when we find out that the priest wasn't real. And it also yeah. feels like when she calls him, she's talking to her actual father. Is that the vibe that you got? I don't know. I was what? very confused with that Because he's very aggressive. Yeah. Like, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm in California. And I'm like, no, he was in Chicago. Well, yeah, Chicago. <laughs> I heard C's were fine. But like literally just so aggressive. And I'm like, okay, like I understand this is probably startling. But my everybody who has a connection with me is dying. So <laughs> like have some sympathy, sir. Yeah, please. Especially if you're like a father or a priest of some sort. But like, be nice to me. My God. I will snatch your collar. <laughs> I will beat you the fuck down in the name of the Lord. <laughs> in the name. <laughs> oh, my God. We need it's that to happen. It's a split between me. The- <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I need there to be in like an exorcist movie. And I need the fucking priest to fully come in. First off, it needs to be like a female. She needs to be in the tightest little nun outfit or something. <laughs> Six-inch stilettos at the least. I want okay. her to kick the door in and be like, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are here to kick your ass. And then she just whips out a good, like a fucking machine gun that's filled with holy water and just starts <laughs> fucking shooting up the place with the holy water. I right. need it. Night of the Demons, but with like a badass nun, bitch. I just saw her like, so she's ninja, like kicking in the air, right? And instead of ninja stars, she grabs those little baby Bibles and she's like, ching, ching, ching. Just no, fucking. little crosses. Oh, yeah, yeah, crosses. Right. And then she takes a full size King James Version Bible and bitch slaps you with it. And she's like, I hope you. She, oh, she like receipt, recites like a scripture and be like, you've just been John's 316, bitch. <laughs> I need it. I need this badass nun. If there's a movie that already exists with a badass nun, like making silly little like religious puns while she's kicking <laughs> demons' asses, I need copyright it. all of these, please. Run me. It's my pretty check. much like Ash from The Evil Dead, but make her a badass nun, please. I need it desperately. Okay. Um, but yes. So they find they find out that this father isn't. Well, at least Luis finds out that you know he's not real. And at the same time, they're trying to get their father out of this home as quick as they can they have a doctor come he looks at his father or at their father and he's like he's not going anywhere this man's gonna die as soon as he's like picked up from this bed so he's just gonna stay here you better get used to it and so that kind of puts him in a shitty situation because they're trying to get the fuck off of this farmland as quick as they can or at least their father they're trying to get him out because as far as we know off of the mom's diary like the evil's coming for him. Like she was running. Right, about they how, like, want his body. Yeah, it kind of gives off the same vibes as like Insidious. It's like his body is weak and vulnerable right now. Very that. And so like he's prime, like meat for for fucking possession. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and it's 
it's sad. But after this is when they see that they're in like entire flock of goats. Is that the right term for it? Flock of goats? I would assume so. Family? Uh, the, the absurd amount of goats that they have, all dead. Massacred. Bloody. Yeah. Well, oh, and like the shot of like the first goat that we see that's like limping around with three legs. He's kind of booking it, honestly. Like he's killing it on three legs. But it made me really sad. I was like, oh, that poor she, <laughs> that poor goat got hurt. And then you like wait 10 more seconds. And I was like, oh, he's a very small part of a bigger problem. <laughs> Super sad. So they're all dead. And so that night, Michael and Louise are like, we are terrified. We're afraid. Uh, Michael's, of course, going to try to find another doctor, though, he said. Um, And yeah, at this point also, like after this happens, they have a moment where they kind of like split off. And I'm like, why would you, once the sun sets, like even be away from each other? You know why? Like I don't, like in my head, it doesn't make sense. If you're going through this, why are you just like splitting up? It just kind of annoyed me, but whatever. Um, I want to say like a white person superiority complex, honestly, because like in all like seriousness, like white people are not used to being genuine like victims. Like they don't, <laughs> they, we victimize ourselves. We don't actually like experience trauma very often. So they probably don't have that mindset that like, they need to be careful. I'm not going to generalize a lot of people, but like from what I have at least experienced personally, when it comes down to like white Christian individuals or white mm-hmm. Catholic individuals, like they, they like they can sometimes like weaponize their religion in different ways. And sometimes I feel oh, like they don't even like fully like believe a lot of it. And so like, like the spiritual side of religion to me, typically kind of, resonates a lot with at least from my upbringing like with my you know my catholic upbringing and like my mexican family like our religion and our culture relies heavily on a lot of these you know demons angels like we focus on those energies we believe in those bad spirits and i feel like a lot of the times um with people who probably aren't you know, at least like from my upbringing and my culture, sometimes they don't like believe in the spirits that heavily white people, if you will. So like when they, when they start splitting up and stuff, I'm like, you're so dumb. Like to me, like, why would you do that? And there is a nurse character. We don't get her name. Um, she's obviously a person of color. At least I'm assuming that she is some Uh, sort. Yeah. Yeah. So she like, of course, as always with these white people in these movies, when ghosts and demons come around, she's going to be like, you need to figure it out. I've been feeling some bad vibes in here. You need to get it together. I remember after the mom, you know, of course, is found dead. She's like, oh, yeah, your mom was talking to herself. And I was really off put by the vibes. And I'm like, she's telling you these things. And you guys are like not taking them and running with them. Louise kind of is because I remember after that, like she questions it a little bit. There's like a moment with her and Michael where they're like at a pond or something. And she's like, what do you think mom was saying to herself? And he's like, nothing. She wanted to kill herself. And I'm like, Michael, you are a mess, sir. It's the toxic masculinity. It's the white straight man not believing anything when it's right in front of his face and just believing what he wants to believe. 
and his poor sister. I am happy, though. Well, I mean, I guess it kind of happens. But I was ex fully expecting it to be, like, Louise was getting, like, tortured and haunted. And, like, Michael didn't see much until, like, the end. And he was going to be calling her crazy and stupid. And you're just like mom. I thought we were going to get a lot of that. I'm happy we didn't get too much of that. Um, but Michael kind of is stupid anyways because when they split up here in this instance after they find all the dead goats and he's in the barn by himself taking care of like some because some of the goats survived i guess and some of them had babies i don't know but he's in the barn and his naked mom comes walking into the barn to try to pretty much get him to kill himself and so he panics and we learn that after this happens he like flees from the farm completely he leaves the scene of the crime <laughs> yeah he's like i'm out i'm going back to my family like, peace, have fun with our dead, naked mommy running around <laughs> and our comatose dad. I'm out. Very scary, though. Very unsettling, that scene is. Yeah, she gets super close to him, and he's literally just, like, curled up against the wall, like, please don't touch me. Yeah, very creepy. And they have a thing set up with in the barn where they have, like, a string at the doors with all kinds of, like, glass bottles. Uh, I'm assuming it's a way, I guess, to like alert them if somebody comes in or if the goats leave, then they hear that loud noise so they know something's going on. But we have at least like three or four instances of like a jump scare with that glass bottle hanging thing. And right. this is the one where it really got me because like one of the bottles shatters very loudly before the mom comes strutting her shit into the barn uh, so that was the one time that that kind of like glass shattery movie scare really worked for me. Yeah, I was trying to like make sense of that. I guess it's supposed to be like a doorbell. <laughs> I don't know. That's what my assumption is. I just kind of chalked it up to like one of those like quote unquote crazy things that the mom was like setting up on this weird ass uh, farm. Maybe. maybe, maybe that. But yeah, so that happens. He flees. And then we pretty much get into like the last 20, 15 minutes of this movie and a lot mm -hmm. goes down. So before she wakes up in the morning and figures out that Michael's gone, we do get a little moment with Louise where she has a nightmare where she can feel the evil presence, the evil entity coming into the Oof, room. I hate that scene. So creepy, right? It's like the bugs and the flies or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the rotting smell. We get a little bit of a tease of like this evil entity stinking, which you do get typically with like demon possessions and bad spirits. Like you'll smell nasty rotting things. Mm -hmm. So that whole scene felt very unnerving for me. Yeah, and just the idea of like, so I have this thing where I can't put my back to the door whenever I'm sleeping. Like freaks me the fuck out. Um, and like this scene feeds on that is like, she, you can hear the bed squeak with weight, like getting in bed with her and just like creeping up behind her. And like, dude, I had cold chills this whole scene and I'm probably going to think about it when I go to bed tonight and it's not going to be a good time, but it's a, it's a very well played out scene, like yeah. very believable. Um, Kind of just feeds on, like, normal, like, fear. Sleep paralysis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for me. Because um, I had a sleep paralysis experience just like this. Uh, so very unnerving, very unsettling. 
But obviously she like panics and wakes up because she doesn't want this thing to get her father. And when she notices he isn't in bed, she looks at the roof and her father's on the roof screaming as much as maybe as much as he can scream. He's more like grunting, but like he's like calling out to her pretty much. And like she's Mm -hmm. devastated. And then she fully wakes up and is fully awake. And then when she does awake, she has a visitor. A random girl is at the door, and we find out that she is the granddaughter to Charlie, and she's there to let Luis and the family know that he, of course, is dead, because we saw earlier where he did shoot himself. Um, So Luis is pretty devastated, and she's, like, kind of freaking out, telling this girl to come into the house. She's happy to have company. Uh, There's a lot that's been happening. But... This woman immediately turns into this evil entity, is smiling creepy, talking about how, can you feel him? Can you smell him? He's coming. And then she's smiling so weird the entire time. Uh, Louise falls to the ground. We have a quick little jump scare. And yeah, it's pretty fucking creepy, I will say. In broad daylight, that's what really got me. This one didn't bother me as bad as the last one, but... Yeah, she's. I would have punted a twelve-year-old girl. She <laughs> she looks so much older than twelve. Yeah, she looks at least thirty. Is that a safe? Bet? No, at least thirty. She does not look older than me, girl. She, to me, looks pretty old. Maybe it's the evil <laughs> in her eyes, but she just looked really old to me. The evil really aged her. <laughs> 30 is not old, but she at least looks 30. If you say so, girl. Mm, but after this, the nurse shows up and she's here. She's saying, hey, hello. Um, and the nurse, unfortunately, does get it. I feel so bad for her because she's been so nice and so courteous and doing her job this entire time. Um, she brings in her adorable candle, her Virgen de Guadalupe candle. She lights it. It's very cute. Then she's immediately possessed, takes her knitting eagles and starts stabbing herself with them. So this evil entity was like, I'm not wasting any time this morning. It's 7 a.m. <laughs> he said, how dare you light that candle in my presence, you feckin' raggedy ass bitch. And just... Bitches are dying this morning. Mm-hmm. She starts literally stabbing herself with these needles. And Louise is like catches her is freaking out and then she gets knocked out because the nurse then comes and grabs her and slams her head against the wall and then one that gets me is when the nurse when she stabs herself in the eye girl girl i can't like i cannot and both times in watching this movie i could not sit through that scene i just skipped it the second time because it is so unsettling Um, Because she knocks out Louise, drags her body into the living room, and then she continues to stab herself with these needles. She stabs herself twice, or not twice, but in both eyes once. And then she's bleeding these tears. And she's like, Jesus, Jesus is here. I feel him. And then she dies. And so it was very unnerving. And it's very, I can't, I can't. Anything with the eye always freaks me out. Yeah, it makes my eye like kind of hurt thinking about it. I feel bad for her. And they did her dirty. She doesn't even get a name in this movie. She's the one person. She made these ungrateful ass white people food after their mom dies. She did. She warned them of the evil spirits Mm -hmm. pretty much as best as she could. I did like that she wasn't like, almost like in Paranormal Activity 2 when they had their housekeeper um, who was the Latin woman. And like she was just like freaking out and yelling at them i do like that with this nurse like she was very still courteous you know she's still professional um 
she didn't give them the opportunity to be rude or maybe even like slightly racist towards her with her concerns. She was very, you know, open with them and they were very receptive as much as they could be to what she was trying to tell them. So again, just justice for this nurse, at least give her a fucking name next time. Uh, but yeah, so the nurse dies, unfortunately. And then we get Michael. We get his final moments on film. He's driving back home to meet his family, his wife and two daughters. And when he gets to the house, there's a creepy country music playing very loudly. He walks around the house and then eventually finds his family dead in the kitchen. All of them have been killed or possibly have harmed themselves. So he, in a moment of feeling completely alone, kills himself, slices his throat open, and then his family walks in to see him dead on their kitchen floor. How did you like this little twist moment? I liked it. I, again, I hate I hate that I compare these two movies so heavily, but it's very Oculus. Like, you don't know what's real and what's not. More family and, trauma. Yeah. And, like, honestly, like, I mean, I don't know how to wordless but like i could see myself making a very like impulsive decision like this if i came home and like my kid was or i what i thought was my child is fucking filleted in the kitchen floor like i'm out you know what i mean like i'm i feel the same thing i'm walking into traffic yeah it was it's a very heartbreaking scene um it's very heavy i saw it coming so I wasn't shocked. I wasn't like taken aback. Whenever I, I saw his family, I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. But it also proves that this like, I mean, you can play both sides of the card. Like it proves that this like entity has no limits. Like it is right. not confined to the farm or the dad, right. like at all. Yeah. So it's intentionally being a bitch. And like, <laughs> what's the deal? Who Stop are you? Stop being a bitch. <laughs> are you mad that, like, what? What are you mad at? Like, why are you so upset? Why are you obsessed with me? <laughs> okay, Mariah Okay. It feels very, like, spiteful. Like, oh, you thought you got away? Like, say less. Yeah, and then when we were first watching this movie, like, one of the things immediately I was like, oh, what if the moms, like, go witch or, like, practice in, you know, some type of dark magic, dark arts. Like, maybe she conjured up this evil spirit and they want something. I mm -hmm. thought we were going to get more of that. We didn't get anything. We, again, got, like, no explanation to what this thing is even. But, like... I was expecting that to come out and it didn't. So it's just a spiteful bitch just to be a spiteful bitch. That or the guilt finally got him that he fucking left his family for so his blood family for so long that like all of it, like it's all starting to weigh on him and he just can't take it and kills himself. It was only three days three or four days oh maybe not five or six i guess but we don't know what they experienced in the past that made them leave and he probably blames himself for his mom because he's very angry about his mother's death and so i feel like there's a lot more to it other than like being angry that she killed herself yeah but i still saw this come <laughs> 
So proud of you, girl. He got home, and I was like, his family is dead. They're dead. There's no, they're going to be dead. So when he saw them dead in the kitchen, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm, now he's going to kill himself. And so he killed himself, and as soon as he killed himself, I was like, his family's going to walk in, aren't they? Walked right in. So I wasn't, like, gagged. I, I Again, it was a very heavy moment. I still felt really, like, sentimental. But at that point, I was like, oh, I, I knew this was coming. This no. thing is flying all over the place. This thing is fucking quicker than Santa Claus on Christmas night because this fucking evil bitch is all over. No snow bounds. It was literally riding in the back of his truck when he went home. Very much. He fully Voldemort with his horcruxes. A piece of him was with him. Another piece <laughs> of the farm. Like they're everywhere. This thing is everywhere. I don't. It probably is Voldemort for all we know. He's gonna possess the father and go fucking find Harry Potter after this. So <laughs> it's Christian Avada Kedavra. <laughs> if at the end of the movie, oh she's my, like if he sat her, up. Yeah, no. If it was at the end of the movie and like she was crying on her father, and then he rises up and it just like Voldemort, full force Voldemort, and just was like, I've returned, and then fucking Harry Potter just fucking blasted into this farmhouse, and they just start having like a wizard <laughs> down. I need it. It's still fuck J.K. Rowling, but I would have been <laughs> down for sure. Hagrid's like in the back, like wrangling goats. <laughs> Hermione comes in and grabs Louise and is like, let's get out of here quick. <laughs> she does like the time jump and like s- takes her knitting, <laughs> takes her knitting needles away. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah, do you want to save your entire family? <laughs> it turns out that one of the knitting needles is actually a wand. It's actually the dad, a wand. the dad grabs it from the nurse's <laughs> eyes and, like, <laughs> and just kills Louise. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> But Louise is like randomly like Harry Potter's sister or something. That's why this evil Voldemort spirit is like all up in their fucking asses. Yeah, it takes a time jump back to whenever the farm they had two lonely goats and <laughs> one was named Albus and the other was named Dumbledore. <laughs> um, yeah, but Michael kills himself. He's dead. So we immediately cut back to Louise on the farm all by herself. And she wakes up because the phone, although unplugged, is now ringing again. And so she gets up. She goes to her father. She lays with him. And then it pretty much ends. She can hear somebody coming into the house. And then the evil entity uses Michael's voice to try to persuade her to come out. She doesn't do it. And then in the mom's voice starts singing this, like, random, like, church song that she's been singing all movie. And so she, like, looks and she's like, mom. And then we get a jump scare for the very last shot of the movie. The dad jumps up and like has like a, and then it ends. And that was the dark and the wicked. So do you like the ending to this movie? Yes. I like when we don't get like a solid ending for sure. Um, We've talked about it before, but like a, a good, good horror leaves a lot like to the imagination. And like that, this movie does this really well. I feel like that's why I said like it kind of gives me like those vibes of like something that you would read on the internet like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of detail of what happens like we see a lot happen but there really is no explanation and again in watching this movie the first time I was kind of annoyed with the ending I wanted more like I said a little bit earlier I was like greedy as fuck I wanted 
I, I mean, I don't know. Fool drag me to hell. I wanted the floor to open and the fucking pits of hell to be like in the middle of this farmhouse or something. Like I was expecting something crazy to happen. So when it just kind of ended like on that quick jump scare, I was kind of like, ew, why? But then I watched it again and then like just in rewatching it again and like it ending like that just felt right. I still wish maybe a little bit more happened. Um, but, you know, I'm not upset with it as much as I was the first time around. Yeah. Um, I feel like I really kind of fluctuate with like how I feel about these kinds of endings. Because like some movies I'm like, oh, that's fucking bullshit. I hate that. But this one I feel like it it fits okay see for me i think because weirdly enough again like you said like when you felt like it was a slow burn movie i do i definitely get the the slow burn energy but to me it wasn't like when i was watching it the first time there was so much happening and in the second time since i knew it was coming i could i could feel like the slow burn a little bit more but the first time when i was watching it every time something happened I was like always taken aback. Like we, you know, have the mom, she dies in the first 20 minutes and then we get like a crazy scene in the shower and then we get a crazy scene when the light's turning off and then we get a crazy scene with a little spider coming over. Like the scares are so consistent that it never really felt slow to me, but the scares were like so well done and so orchestrated that when it ended on something like so simple, like a quick little pop-up jump scare, I was kind of annoyed. But again, when I rewatched it again, I knew everything was coming. I was able to, again, just kind of sit with it a little bit more. I do enjoy it. I do like that the movie is so like crazy and gives you crazy set pieces and crazy scares. And then it just ends on something so simple. I think it's kind of brilliant, I guess, kind of leaving the audience hanging in a pretty big way because we really don't get much. But it's just to assume that this evil, unfortunately, took out this entire family. Right. Pretty fun, I guess. I didn't hate this movie at all. I had a great time with it. Part of me wants to know, like, what's next for this demon? Yeah, what does he do next? What does he do with this old man's body? At least Charles Lee Ray is, like, trying to be in, like, Andy, a little kid, so he can, like, live the rest of his life. What are you going to do with this old man's body? I honestly have no idea. What is the demon's plan? Maybe he just really wants to be a farmer. Mission accomplished. You have a whole farm to yourself. You don't have any goats? <laughs> you have no goats. You have no helping hands, but you have You a done whole killed farm. them all. That's when <laughs> there's demons from all over this little town. <laughs> they join together on this farm and it turns into like the Skinwalker farm in Arizona. Okay, work. <laughs> I don't know. So whenever the mom started singing like whenever you were just talking about it just now in my head you were like she, she, no you were like uh i think you said like she was singing this like him or whatever but in my head i all i heard was cotton eye joe and then i pictured <laughs> i pictured the mom being like i remember cotton under i don't know <laughs> very those. yeah very that very that um but yeah the dark and the wicked i think it's great i really enjoy this movie um it I guess like in summarizing it, it can definitely kind of feel like a slow burn, but the scares are pretty heavy. Like they are very heavy, uh, a lot of despair, a lot of grief, but I do think everything's done well. The acting's great. The directing is stunning, gorgeous. Everything about this movie is so visually appealing. I really enjoy how dark it is, especially because they're in the middle of nowhere. Like there's no like city lighting 
um, or anything like that. So it's just so dark and I really enjoy it. Um, I mean, don't go into it expecting a lot of answers because you won't get them. Uh, be aware of your triggers. <laughs> be very aware of the triggers. Yes. And yeah, a movie that a solid knockout of a movie, a pretty mellow ending. Um, wasn't my absolute favorite ending, but I don't think it hinders the movie in any way. I really enjoy it. And I probably will find myself watching this again. So, yeah, same here. How many goats? How many knitting needles do we give knitting this Knitting needles. You right. Um, I'm going to give it a solid. I'm going to. Like a four? Three, three and a half. I don't know if you could do half a knitting needle, but. Yeah. The. Yeah. And talking with you, I'm kind of leaning me being more towards like a three and a half, four kind of vibe. I'm yeah. definitely in that same ballpark. Gives that same, same energy. Because like there's not a whole lot that I would like change. Because I really like the energy that like it brings to the screen. Yeah. I th- it's very. Scares are great. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It just has this like air to it. It's not uncomfortable. I'm not like cringy the whole time, but I'm like. I don't know. It's just a very heavy movie. It is. but And it also feels like the movie itself is like connected by the scares. Does that kind of make sense? Like the scares and like, I, I don't, because we don't get much. We don't really know too much about this family. We don't know too much about these characters. We don't know much about this evil. We don't know anything beyond what they're showing us. And all they're showing us is crazy, spooky things happening. So to me, it just feels like the movie's obviously brought together by all the scares and nothing else really kind of is told to us. So yeah. maybe that's why I'm kind of like three and a half, four. Not that it, because I, mean, I mean, again, this is the story they were trying to tell. I think they did great. I'm just, as always, I'm the bitch who likes to have a little bit of information on my plate. So yeah, for us, well, for you, for sure, to be so big on like character development and like developing a connection with the characters. I'm surprised that we are writing it as high as it is. But I don't know. Like I just really enjoyed it. Me too. The scare to me, everything that they did, every single scene that's supposed to be scary and unsettling was. And that's why a lot of people back in 2020 like had this as like one of their best movies of 2020. Like there was a lot of good things that people were saying about this movie. And I definitely understand because again, what was meant to be scary was very scary. And what was supposed to be feeling or what was supposed to make us feel despair and grief made me feel despair and grief. So it was great. Um, Again, I guess just if I'm watching something that's supposed to be so reliant on family trauma, I mean, I would like a little bit of an explanation on said trauma. I want to know why you're traumatized. Yeah, because, I mean, I just need to know a little bit, you know, but that's just me. If I'm going to be watching, because if I'm watching a slasher and it's a bunch of stupid idiots getting cut up and I know nothing about them, I don't care about that. But if I'm sitting here watching you smoke your seventh cigarette on screen, baby, give me a reason why you're smoking the cigarette beyond, I mean, obviously the demon's killing everything and, you know, your father's sick. I get it. But like, I don't know. Just give me a little bit more. Fair. So are you staying at a four or are you going to like do three and a half? 
I'm going to stick it a solid three and a half. I'm also going to stay at three and a half. Wow. Fine. We agree on something. Woo! Our first <laughs> movie of 2022 and we agree on a rating. Wow. What a year. And <laughs> Nim Daddy won the Horny Horror Olympics. This is your year, Star. Wow. <laughs> Uh, That's what the stars say as well. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, but yeah, pretty much everybody, go check out the Dark and the Wicked on Shutter. Um, if you made it to this point, you've, I'm assuming you've already seen it. So awesome for you. But if you haven't, definitely go and check it out. Uh, the scares again are fantastic, and you really will enjoy it. Um, and next week we are diving into. Something I'm very excited to watch. Something I have never seen. And quite honestly, until we put it on the schedule, I've never heard of. So I'm very too, or uh, I'm very excited that we're going to be talking Gonji Jam. Haunted Asylum. Yeah. So, hell yeah. Very excited. Me too. Yeah, let's just wrap it up for this week. Stormy, where can everybody find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us on pretty much every streaming platform, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. You can email us at slash her at gmail.com. No, slash her pod at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us officially in 2022. Thank you so much for listening, and we love you so much. Stay spooky, guys. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye.